heroes. Highlights and hardships with Triple M's Rush Hour. Welcome back to the Rush Hour. It's the 3H podcast and we've got Kyle Chalmers with us. Absolutely fantastic to have you in. Kyle, how are you? Yeah, I'm really good. Thanks for having me in. Fantastic. Oh, mate, it's great. Let's talk about your hero. Is it is it hard to find one person in your life that has been your hero? It is definitely, but I think for me, I always grew up a massive Kevin Durant fan. Um, I've got him tattooed on my arm quite big. Uh, I've got a I've got a signed Guernsey and signed ball and a painting of him at home. So I really have to go with Kevin Durant. I think would be. Have you met him? Have you seen him? Has he seen the tat? Uh, he hasn't seen the tat, but I did meet him in Rio uh, at the Olympic Games. Wow. I was walking to my semi-final of the hundred freestyle, oh. and um, the whole men's <laughs> dream team. Yeah, <laughs> I don't get too nervous at times, but like before I race, I used to watch three Kevin Durant videos. It was like his MVP speech and a couple highlights no. videos. Yeah. and then he's there on your on the way to the semi-final. <laughs> yeah, on the in, on the way to the marching room. So I was on my way. I just watched the videos, and then the whole dream team walked in front of me and Kevin Durant, and it was. Probably the most nervous I've ever been. And did you have the anything? tattoo at that I time? I didn't at that stage. Oh, no, no. Right. Did you say anything? No, but the team manager saw how nervous I got and then she <laughs> went and found him later in the night and got him to do a bit of a shout-out video for me. Wow. So, so you got through that the semi? You were good? Like it didn't got through. Didn't muck up your swim I at all? You nah. got a gold. It, it probably, <laughs> right. yeah. worked all right. The semi, but yeah, so they showed me the video the next morning of Kevin Ramp wishing me luck for the final of the race. And um, yeah, that was a very, very special thing. It's on my Instagram if anyone wants to watch, but yeah, um, back cool. in 2016. So out. that awesome. was very cool. So Kevin Durant, number one. What's it about him that you love so much? I think uh, at that stage he was playing at Oklahoma City. He just dominated. He was a scoring champ. He was the MVP. I really love his MVP speech of, you know, his childhood and growing mm. up and how inspiring that was. And, yeah, I just love the way he went about it. I think uh, as maybe his career's gone to the end and he started to swap teams a few times, yeah. I, that that hurt me a little bit. I think <laughs> I watched his last ever game for OKC against Golden State in game seven of the uh, NBA playoffs. It was the first NBA game I'd ever been to. And, the next year he was playing at Golden State and they went he, on to win a title. He, he flicked so, over. Yeah, yeah so yeah. That, that hurt me a bit, but KD number one. you okay. got to do what you got to do. Yeah, got yeah to, exactly got to, right. Got to win the rings. But, you know, I was going to say, but even like, uh, you know, we talk about heroes and that, but even family, like whether, you know, mum or dad or, you know, sisters and brothers, like any family members or mates that have been, you know, um, you know, big in your career? Yeah, I think um, my grandpa for me has probably been my number one um, supporter and my grandma. But I mean, my whole family yeah. are massive to me, but my grandpa has been a guy that no matter what he says, I'll follow his advice and guidance. And growing up, you know, spending time with grandpa, like he, we, we grew up in the country. He was a stock agent, being able to spend time with him at work, you know, traveling around the farms, catching reptiles and whatnot. Um, has, yeah, stuck with me still. I still go catching reptiles and um, even still if he tells me something I should and shouldn't do, I stick to what he says. So I'd say my grandpa's probably my biggest hero and I got and again, I got his name tattooed under my arm so he's That's with me everywhere awesome. I go when I'm when I'm racing and whatnot too. So um, very special Did to have relationships like that. No, nah, he hates tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing we don't agree on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you didn't take yeah, his advice on that. No. Um, so you started swimming around nine, ten years of age. Did you have anyone that you looked up to in the pool, or did you have? Did you know what type of swimmer you were going to be when you started out swimming? No, for me, I grew up. Um, yeah, not following swimming at all. Um, in a country town, I, I did every sport. I was playing cricket, basketball, football, athletics, kind of doing it all, and swimming was just another sport. Uh, and I think to an extent that's probably why I struggled to transition onto the Australian team when I first made it because I didn't know any of the people or yeah. know who they were really. 
I knew who Grant Hackett was. I was he about was to one say, of my you're teammates. just bumping into Grant Hackett. Um, going, who are you? <laughs> but yeah, so that I think it's been beneficial to that extent that I didn't know anyone or follow swimming. So when I rocked up in Rio at the Olympics in 2016, I kind of wasn't overwhelmed in the marshing room, being like, yeah. "Oh, that's Nathan Adrian, the defending Olympic yeah, champion," true. or "That's you know former world record holder." Yeah. Rah, rah. So just when you're writing into Kevin Durant. That was that was that was the big one. Well, I was a big fanboy in the Olympic Village. Like I was yeah. sitting next to Rafael Nadal for breakfast and getting wow. photos with Pau Gasol. And I've got that many photos on my phone with NBA players. Even the last one in Tokyo, I was getting photos of like Luka Doncic and Marc Gasol and so Nico Mannion sure. and stuff. So I'm a big fanboy there. But swimming wise, nah, I never really grew up necessarily idolizing someone. But now I would say since being involved in swimming, probably Florent Manadou from France and Bruno Fratis from Brazil were two guys and that I've uh, older dudes that I look up to that have been around for a long time and had a lot of success and really taken me under their wing and I speak to them all the time. So I've got them both tatted on my legs. All my idols are tatted on my yeah. legs. That's <laughs> yeah, cool. So, How good. So, yeah, those guys. Um, I've been very lucky to meet a lot of great swimmers over the time and form great relationships with people, like-minded people. Yeah. What about a hardship before we focus and finish off positively with a highlighter? Any, any hardships that sort of jump out at you? I'd say injury. I think injury is always the hardest one because it not only affects you physically, it affects you mentally and emotionally. And um, I think when I did my first shoulder, uh, I'd, I'd spent about eight months doing face down snorkel kicks, so having my hands oh. by my side, looking at the bottom of the pool, just kicking my legs for kilometers and kilometers on end every single day. And they had cortisone in my bicep tendon, wouldn't work, cortisone in my tricep, whatever it was, like pretty much anything, my subscap, my labrum, what? my shoulder joint, trying to find where the problems were. Um, and I did that on repeat until from probably March until about November that year. And I came across to Sydney, actually, that was the COVID year 2020 and um, met with a surgeon. He just said, yeah, your shoulder's no good. You've got to have surgery. And that was not all that long before the Olympics in 2021. and But just the mental and emotional toll that took of just going into training and not being able to do what I desperately wanted to do and going to bed at night, not being able to roll onto my shoulder because it was so sore. And then my other one went on me, so then I couldn't roll on either side oh. and driving, all those things. So I think, yeah, injury just mentally and emotionally is very draining. You know, you watch your teammates or the guys you're training with every day racing and training and swimming and doing chin-ups and all the stuff you desperately want to do and you can't do it. It's just this mm. big taxing thing for such a long period of time. So injury. Yeah, it's, once it's taken away from you, you realise how good you have it when everything's, when everything's fine. You yeah. Know? How, getting back into swimming after that, did you think you were going to, you know, lose your fitness or your strength or did you find, find that you got back into it pretty quickly? Uh, the first one, yeah, it took me a, a long time to regain my confidence. I think... Um, there's been a lot of guys have shoulder surgery in the past in swimming and not kind of get back to where they were. And I wasn't able to swim until March and the Olympic trials was in June and then the Olympics was not that long afterwards. So I was I was very so stressed. Like two, a couple of months after. Yeah. So just swimming before the trials. Yeah. There was wow. a lot of doubt in my mind whether lucky, I'd even make the Olympics. Lucky you're good. Lucky you're yeah. good. Lucky you're seven foot tall and yeah. really takes a few Yeah, my yard tall. Hey, I've got us, you know, in and around, we talk about village and talk about, um, you know, being around people. Like I know in, you know, I've been involved in a few teams, not everybody gets along, you know, and is there certain blokes or, or girls that you hang out with that you like, you know, they do the similar sort of things as you? Because I know in an individual sport, you know, it's still pretty hard even though, you know, you can be in a real team. Yeah, individual sport's really tough because four weeks before, you know, the Olympic Games, we're competing against each other to try and make yeah. the team. Like, we're competing for those spots and then we get thrown on the team and, you know, we're all from all different walks of life around Australia. We've had different upbringings, different schoolings, we've got different hobbies. So, 
trying to find that common ground at times is, is quite hard to talk about. Like, you know, swimming is obviously our common factor and it's something that you don't want to talk about all that much. I mm. probably, you know, that's that's all you end up talking about for 10, 12 weeks when you're away with these guys. But <laughs> yeah, I've definitely got a good group of mates that I go away with and I've got similar interests and hobbies and talk to and there's probably some people I don't, but we all, all get along really yep. well and we're all, we're all very like-minded people. We all understand and have respect for each other because we've had to work so hard to get there and we understand the training that goes to that. And so I think swimming is a good sport in that sense. Like we're all semi-professional and we're all just, yeah, having fun. Yeah. And that common goal and you know how much people are at home are watching and loving it. Like the swim team is like for those few weeks when world champs and pan packs and Olympics, Commonwealth Games, you guys are than ducks nuts to us. We just love it. I remember um, talking to Susie O'Neill not so long about she, she was so shy, hardly spoke to anyone, and now she's doing a breakfast radio show yeah. in Brisbane. Yeah. Like, you know, like, and she talks now that she wished she had that confidence when she was back swimming. She just knew she was confident when she was doing a butterfly. Yeah. Other than that, she was a little bit shy about everything. She was amazing. But, yeah, we have, we're in such a successful little window of swimming at the moment, and I think we like Australia and everyone really shouldn't take that for granted what we have right now because, mm. you know, like I was trying to say to some of the younger guys at the World Championships this year that are winning five gold medals and breaking world records every night, it's like this is not a normal thing. Like, <laughs> I've been on teams where we win one gold medal as a team for the whole week wow. and you guys are winning five golds yourself. Yeah. And, like don't what like, is it? take it for granted. What, what do you think it is right now? There's just – we've got a lot of depth, so that make it's making all the girls and the boys have to work a lot harder to get to that elite level. And um, But it's just, yeah, it's competitive and, I don't know, you see one person do it at the start of the meet and then you get inspired and then you mm. believe mm. you can do it. And it's just, yeah, it's a, I think the team culture and everything's just in a That's really it. good spot in that sense at the moment. So everyone has that self-belief that we can do it because you see your teammates do it. And it won't go on forever, but yeah, we've just got some amazingly talented athletes that are kind of that once in a generation thing, and yeah, That's I'm enjoying right. it. Cannot I'm enjoying wait. it as a fan of swimming. Yeah, <laughs> cannot wait for Paris, of course. And uh, this this actually podcast has gone in all different directions, which has been great, and we <laughs> appreciate your time and being so candid. What about a highlight? Can you pick one out of your career after all those medals we spoke about? You know, twenty three gold, fourteen silver, seven bronze, which aren't right now. My research was wrong. You got more than that. One highlight. One highlight for me, I'd say, I don't know, there's a few. I think last year at the World Championships. We'll give you two. Short yeah. course. <laughs> short course on the last night we had the medley relay. We never, well, the boys haven't done that well in the medley relay historically over the last little period and we weren't expected to, to win a medal. And um, two of my very best mates were in the race. So Matthew Temple, who I train with every single day in Adelaide and live with. And then Isaac Cooper, who I room with when I go overseas. And he's a backstroker. And uh, we went to Bali I don't know, a couple of months before it on a holiday together, us three. And and then we had a breaststroker from Perth who's young and up and coming, but he'll be good too. But he was probably chucked in the deep in there with us. But um, <laughs> for us, yeah, we were in the marching room. I just had so much fun, like, doing my thing. And then we ended up winning. We tied for gold and broke the world record, which I thought was probably one of the most special. And wow. it was the last race of the whole competition in front of a home crowd in Melbourne. And I've never raced in front of something so loud. So I say that's probably my highlight. Well, that is That's awesome. Hey, unreal. thank you so much for joining us, brother, and best of luck with everything you do. You know you've got a lot of support here on Triple M. All our, you know, good good Aussie people mm, loving what you're doing and the fact that your swimming is great, but you're a good bloke as well. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me on. The Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell. 